everybody, welcome back to another episode of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations for Modern Life. After this short little break from the previous episode, I am still continuing where we left off. So, we're on to book two, passage ten, and we're going slightly um, in a different direction here from the previous episodes, because whilst I'm going to give some context that I believe will help you um, with situations in life today, I'm actually going to touch on um, some aspects of this passage where I feel Marcus actually goes against his own philosophy or the, the principles, if you like, that the whole sort of Stoic philosophy is built upon. And actually against some of the things that I've touched on in previous episodes. Now, whilst the passage actually is redistributing thoughts for the uh, philosopher prior to Marcus's time, in doing so, he's inherently agreeing with the viewpoint. And when I read this initially, you'll perhaps, as I did on the face of it, see merit to the judgment that's made within the passage. But uh, I will then obviously touch on uh, my own views as to why it's somewhat contradicting Marcus's beliefs that uh, we've touched on elsewhere and will no doubt continue to touch on those beliefs that relate to Stoic philosophy as a whole. And then, of course, in doing so, I will be giving my own, if you like, insights into how the understanding of this passage, but from a viewpoint, not that Marcus has taken here, but a viewpoint that he would take, I believe, if he were to actually apply in this instance, what he does apply to so much else of his work and life, and that being the fundamentals of Stoic philosophy. And it goes back to the one thing that we can control being our mind. Now, firstly, um, I will read the passage and then we'll delve a little deeper. So here is passage 10 from book two. In his comparative ranking of sins, applying philosophy to the common man's distinctions, Theophrastus says that offences of lust are graver than those of anger because it is clearly some sort of pain and involuntary spasm which drives the angry man to abandon reason. Whereas the lust-led offender has given into pleasure and seems somehow more abandoned and less manly in his wrongdoing. Rightly then, and like a true philosopher, Theophrastus said that greater censure attaches to an offence committed under the influence of pleasure than to one under the influence of pain. And in general, the one is more like an injured party, forced to anger by the pain of provocation, whereas the other is his own source of the impulse to wrong, driven to what he does by lust. Okay, so in this passage, Marcus references a Greek philosopher, Theophrastus. He was, if you like, a, a disciple or more so an apprentice of Aristotle. So he did learn under the sort of Platonic school. And Marcus is referencing Theophrastus's judgment, if you like, that a wrongdoing triggered by a emotional state of pain is more tolerable or less evil, can we say, than a wrongdoing driven by lust. 
However, and this is where I feel uh, Marcus contradicts his actual beliefs and the principles, if you like, of Stoic philosophy, in that if the only thing we can control is our mind and our response to everything, so no harm is actually caused, it's just our sort of perception of circumstances. There is always that kind of sort of balance between, you know, good and bad, and it's actually our perception that labels something good or bad. Now, the ultimate control of your mind, as uh, so philosophy suggests, is to pretty much live devoid of emotional context when making decisions. Now, if that's the case, it would apply equally to emotional context of pain as much as emotional context of lust. And both of those are actually extremely intrinsically even linked together as I'll sort of go on to shortly. But if the whole principle of Stoic philosophy holds true in that if we master our minds, then we need not apply emotional context to things that are done to us by others, then it can't hold true that an action out of pain is one that is or more justifiable, if you like, than an action out of lust, because they're supposed to both be equal and we're supposed to have complete control of our mind. So in both situations, we're actually showing lack of control of the mind. We're either seeing something as harmful, forgetting that anything that happens is all part of that bigger picture. So any harm that may be caused to us is only perceived as harm by us, Whereas that action may actually have been needed for some sort of growth, for some change in perspective, it will be balanced with equal positive somewhere. For example, a relationship you may be in, somebody, let's say somebody cheats on you, but then a few years later, um, or later on in life, you meet who you feel is that perfect partner for you. Um, never sort of story into exactly what that is there, which we'll save for another time. But, uh, you are happy, you have a family, you have a life that you love. Now, would that have actually happened? And would you value the characteristics in that partner in the first place and even sort of spotted them had you not had that experience of that past relationship? So therefore, that pain has been balanced with that equal positive. Okay, everything serves you. So that painful experience therefore serves. Similarly, if we're experiencing lust, and lust by definition is the chasing of a fantasy, we're actually doing the, if you like, polar opposite. We are not seeing the downsides to that thing we're chasing. You know, so if we have lust for a person, for example, we're actually just creating a fantasy because we're actually putting them on a pedestal and we're looking at the traits in them that we admire without actually seeing the downside to those traits. Now, for example, um, if you put a high value on, say, physical fitness, you may develop lust for someone who you actually perceive as above you at that point in time in that area. Now, because that's an area that's important to you, you're putting that person on a, a pedestal and you're seeing them as being this wonderful, perfect human being but it's actually just based on certain traits that are important to you that they display and you perceive those traits to be displayed in a higher um, order, if you like, in them than in yourself. Now, let's say that that lust continues 
And you keep seeing that perfection in them, if you like, in your perception with that uh, area of physical fitness, you're perhaps going to value that even more. And it's going to be something that you work on developing yourself. And as you do so, because you're filling that void in yourself, you're actually going to be taking that person off that sort of pedestal. So the fantasy is going to start to dissolve. The lust is going to sort of wane away, if you like, because you're becoming more complete and happy in yourself. Let's just say, though, that you quickly ended up um, together with that person. Now, you're with, it's the dream come true. You know, you're that perfect person in your eyes. But remember, that perfect person is based on the perception of that one area, that were multiple areas where you have voids in yourself. I'm just using that one area, of course, as an example. But you may have multiple voids in yourself that that person feels. Now, if you're actually creating lust for someone in the first place, then it's based on, as I mentioned, that void. So, if you end up with that person, you may well stop working on filling that void yourself. Now, why would that be? Because you feel that they complete you and that actually brings happiness. Now, they're filling a void there in happiness that you could actually have filled within yourself had you actually spotted the traits that you're admiring in others and, and therefore started to own them in yourself. So in this situation, you've now become dependent upon somebody else for happiness. And in doing so, you set yourself up for a fall, for depression, because you still have those voids. And the moment they're not there, those voids are suddenly opened again because they were filled by another person and not by yourself. So with them being on that pedestal, if it's in a relationship scenario, they're so brilliant. They're so amazing. Okay, they suddenly start to get away with everything. You can't ever win an argument. You always back down. They always get their way. And slowly and slowly, you're perhaps going to even create more voids in yourself as a result of that. Longer term, you will start to see the downsides to that trait. You know, you may find, God, they're always at the gym. I can never go out to eat with them. You know, so this fantasy of being with that person is something that you value over time will the the downsides will be brought into your life because you weren't aware of them. So life will always sort of show you what you actually need to own in yourself. Okay. So that lust is serving you because it's either going to sort of highlight these voids later on, or it's going to actually help you to really value that area in yourself and to develop it. So again, Nothing is random. Everything fits together and works as part of this beautiful bigger picture. And as you can see, that person that you lust after, when you actually realize that there are downsides, guess what can start to happen? Resentment. That person in your eyes was perfect. And all of a sudden they may have dis displayed human traits that we all have that you've actually then perceived as being bad. So what are you feeling now? You're feeling that someone has harmed you. You're feeling pain and you flipped to the opposite. So both of these scenarios actually come from your own lack of control of your mind and your own imbalanced perceptions. So if you're feeling lust, look at what it is in that person that you're admiring. 
and then find that exact same trait in yourself. Find out what life is telling you, the reasons why you're admiring that person. And similarly, if you are holding resentment to somebody, then find out what that's telling you in yourself as well. Because that resentment is there for a purpose and it's to make you realize certain aspects of yourself, even to realize that that resentment has come as a result of chasing the fantasy earlier on and fantasies do not exist. So effectively, you will keep flicking between lust or pleasure, if you like chasing pleasure, as mentioned in the statement, and avoiding pain. Both linked together, both are the result of um, emotional perceptions, lack of control of the mind, and you will flick between one or the other. In fact, if you're feeling pain, you're you're going to want to initiate the reward center of your brain to bring pleasure and give balance again. If you're, if you're feeling pleasure, life will quickly show you the opposite to bring you back into balance that way. So the way to actually avoid both is to be completely happy in yourself, to be focused on your life mission so you're not dependent upon anybody or anything to bring pleasure. And if you're feeling any resentment or pain, then you're, you need to understand that what you're actually seeing is a lopsided perception to a person or an event, and you're not seeing the upside in how that served you. Thank you, everybody. And I hope through listening to this analysis of this passage, you can see the uh, sort of ba- perfect balance, if you like, between positives and negatives to any situation that happens in your life. And I know, as I mentioned in previous episodes, if you do look back over your own life, you will see that to be the case. And of course, as Marcus often often says, and the whole principle behind Stoic philosophy, keep that control of your mind, because it is just a perception that we create that labels something good or bad. If you've enjoyed this episode and the others in the series, please keep sharing and give me the ratings and reviews on iTunes. The more I actually see those coming in, the more I'll endeavour to keep doing more. And um, let's all together help this podcast grow. And as I say, if you found it useful, let's let others benefit the same as you have. Thank you, everybody. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.